This episode of the Cigar Social Podcast is brought to you by Black Star Line Cigars. From the highly rated Warwich to the outstanding Lalibela and Classic El Milagro. These cigars are absolutely incredible and use the absolute best tobacco from Aganorsa Leaf, which is farmed and expertly handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua. Visit them at blackstarline.shop and use promo code CIGARSOCIAL15 for 15% off your entire order and receive free shipping on all orders over 100 bucks. Black Star Line Cigars. Cigars are a daily operation. Welcome to another episode of the Cigar Social Podcast, folks. This is episode 26. I am your host. My name is Matt. Thank you for joining. Today, we have a very interesting guest, which comes with a very impressive education and experience. Uh, he has a bachelor's degree in sport and fitness administration and management and homeland security. He's got a master's degree in public administration and uh, theological studies. And he's got a PhD in public policy. Like, wow. Uh, but also from experiences, he started as what, a cashier at the Dollar Tree. And then like 10 years later, he was like a flight commander and executive and uh, executive and operations officer and deputy chief of the United States Air Force. After that, he became some special agent for the the Air Force. He left his military and government profession and dove right into whiskey as uh, becoming the director and operator uh, director of operations at uh, Axe and the Oak Distillery, um, and then became vice president of the Colorado Distillers Guild. Ultimately, founded Rick House Spirits and Copper Sky Distilling, which we'll talk about here. I believe he now owns like eight companies in total at this point. <laughs> I'm surprised he has enough time to sit here and talk to some random dude in his shed. Uh, and, and I know I left out a bunch of other experiences, but maybe we'll dive deeper into that. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned, the founder of Copper Sky Distillery, Mike Root. Man, thanks for joining. It's a pleasure. It's going to be a fun show for sure. I mean, I hope so. Uh, I hope so. I got, a, I got some questions. Um, never heard of Copper Sky. I have a buddy who's in part of my cigar group. He turned me on to your 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 distillery. We we chatted. Uh, this is just phenomenal, and we'll dive into it. I know there's others too. I can't wait to try. But first, I want to talk about what I'm smoking. Today's stick is the uh, Liga Privada. Unico Feral Flying Pig. This is a special release made by Drew Estate. It is a five and three quarter by 60 Perfecto Vitola. Uh, said to be a potent cigar with a palate pleasing notes of rum, sweet molasses, chocolate, and pepper. It's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper on a Brazilian Matafina binder and fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. MSRP is about 20 bucks. Uh, and on Half Wheel, I saw it gave it a rating about 91. Unfortunately, I, like I said, this is, I believe, a rare and limited release. I'm not sure if that's still out there, but if you can find it from what I have so far and what I've smoked off the, off the light, uh, I got a feeling this is going to be a fantastic cigar. And in the spirit of cigars, we have the bottle today. And I want to thank Copper Sky right off the bat. This is just a phenomenal drink. Uh, this is the Copper Sky cigar blend 
uh, part of their experimental series. And interesting enough, it's finished in Amberana barrels. Did I say that right? Amberana, yep. Amberana, yeah. Um, this is batch two, bottle number five, weighing in at 122.6 proof. So it is a little high octane. Uh, if you're not you know, looking for something with a little heat, this might not be your cup of tea or whiskey, <laughs> um, but it is a, a flavor bomb. It's got a punch of just, I, I still, even halfway through the bottle, I'm still picking up flavors uh, from that I didn't have or I couldn't find originally. So it is just this evolving uh, flavor bomb. And I like it because, and I believe it, I read it somewhere, instead of finding the right cigar to pair with whiskey, Copper Sky, I feel, made a, a whiskey to pair f- with your cigar. And it's a these two so far, uh, I feel, is going to be a beautiful marriage together. Uh, this is a rye whiskey rested in American oak and Amberana wood uh, with this distinct batch. It's rightfully called the Cigar Blend. I, I'm a loss of words. Uh, I get notes of like gingerbread, dried fruit. It's got like an earthy aroma to it, 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 but it's just, like I said, it keeps changing on me a little bit, but in a good way. Surprising, I guess. Yeah, uh, MSRP is about MSRP is what about a hundred bucks on on one of these. Actually, in state, it's about it's seventy five. Oh, in in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, we try to put our experimental series out around that seventy five dollar mark, so you know more people can get it because everyone's used to paying a hundred dollars a bottle, and so we want to we want to get our our stuff out there a little less. You know, it's funny too because I have like this worth it threshold for me when it comes to cigars and whiskey. I mean, shit, even craft beer. If it's, you know, if a cigar is over 20 bucks, it's got to be worth it for me to, to, to spend that type of money. Cause I know I've had cigars that are phenomenal in the $10, $15 range. Same thing with whiskey, uh, anything over, you know, closing, closing in on that hundred dollar mark. I got to be like, man, I know it's really good and I'm going to spend that money because it's really good. But again, you, sometimes you don't know until you try it. Um, right. Both of these so far are well worth it. A hundred percent. I will go ahead and say, you know, I will uh, put this on my yes again, please uh, list. Cause I've, I've had whiskey that's really good for 30 bucks. You know, um, mm-hmm. but like I said, this is a very unique blend, very unique palette. Uh, and like you said, it's an experimental series. So it's something that you can bring to your, your, you know, father-in-laws that who likes to smoke cigars and drink whiskey and be like, Hey pops, I got a bottle for you. Cause this is right up your alley. And I completely agree. Um, what, what led you, uh, into using the, the, the Amberana barrels that, that I've never seen before? Yeah, it, for us, like like you mentioned earlier, you hit it right on the head. We wanted to create a whiskey that paired with a cigar, usually like that earthy, uh, like the Maduro type cigars, because uh, a lot of the cigar blends that are out there, they're trying to emulate the tobacco notes or you know taste like a cigar. Um, and so we wanted to go at it, like you said, from the other approach. We wanted to create a whiskey that would inherently pair with a cigar, so you're not having to you know, dig through your cigar chest. I'm like, well, what can I drink with this spicy whiskey? Um, 
And so what led us to that is we wanted something, if it's, you know, if it, like you mentioned, it's got those earthy notes, those gingerbread, that, that ginger note, that gingerbread note is from that Amberana. So Amberana is like a soft Brazilian wood. So a lot of really cool things that happen in it. Uh, baking spice notes, kind of like you were alluding to. And so that was that. And then it's also, we rested that in a cognac barrel for a little while. So that's where you get some of those like dried fruit notes. Um, yeah, we just wanted to, I mean, Nancy Fraley, who does, you know, Joseph Magnus was a huge inspiration. I love those, those blends. But to me, it was still, you know, I can't, it was really hard to smoke a cigar with those, those whiskeys because they, they were too alike versus trying to complement each other. So we wanted to make something that complemented a cigar and wasn't like a cigar. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, the, the Amberana wood, I believe they, they use that in aging, like a Brazilian spirit. I can't remember the name, but it's like a sugarcane spirit similar to rum. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I've seen uh, looking up, trying to find out more about that. Um, but that, like you said, it gives you that the gingerbread, and the vanilla. Oh, yeah. Speaking of barrels, I believe you also have been aging rum in Hungarian oak barrels. Yep, that's right. Again, never heard of that before. Uh, what What is that all about? Yeah, so we our first batch still hasn't released. We were the plan was to release it last year, um, but if you've ever heard me talk before, like I'm very big on the spirit in the barrel tells us when it's ready. I don't arbitrarily say. You know, in two or three or five years, this is going to be done. And so we tried it a few times and it just wasn't ready and we still don't think it's ready. And so you know, to this day, batch one still sitting in the rickhouse. So hopefully maybe this year, maybe next year it'll come out. But it was one of those experiments. I, I kind of stumbled on that as I was starting Copper Sky. So, you know, I had a bunch of, you know, cube experiments going in mason jars and different things. Um, and so... Our rum in and of itself is also pretty unique because it's it's kind of agricole process. So we just take panela sugar uh, straight from Colombia, uh, cook it, and then pitch the yeast, distill it, and that's it. It goes straight into the barrel. We don't add coloring, sugar cane. We don't add anything back to it. It goes straight into the Hungarian oak. And I landed on that Hungarian oak because hopefully, as you'll see when we release it, it creates these really cool, like, bourbony vanilla notes on the on the rum it's wild like it was mind-blowing when i tried the first experiment and i huh. was like this is what we have to do this is going to be like copper skies rum is this pure agricole process and then put it in hungarian oak barrels let it age and that's it so we don't have a clear rum we just we will have that hungarian oak rum that is interesting and can't wait to try it not normally a rum guy but uh, that sounds right up my alley kind of like that barrel aged rum with the, you know, like that, that bourbon oakiness to it. Uh, can't wait. Um, before we dive into more whiskey and spirits, I have a couple of things that I saw, I found fascinating, uh, about your, obviously long list of education and experiences, but I understand that you're the first company that you started, you were at like 24 and you, you, yep. you started the safe ride transportation company for your college town. Um, can you tell our listeners, like, what was that all about what, and, and what inspired that? And also what, what is that? Yeah. So it was called Troy transit. Cause I went to school at Troy university in Alabama. Um, at the time, you know, Uber and all these other things, they, that wasn't a, a thing when we were in school. 
Um, and Troy is South Alabama, so kind of smaller town. So there's no taxis. There's no, there really was no mode of transportation outside of you or your friends drive yourself. And so when I graduated, um, I, I noticed this void of like safe transportation for the students. Cause generally, you know, in the city, all the bars and stuff are kind of centralized. So it's not really spread out. Um, so I bought a van and a suburban and started Troy transit and for a flat fee, which it was really nice back then for five bucks, it'd take you from the bar to your house anywhere within the city limits. And, uh, yeah, that, I, that concept really spurned on the school to, to, you know, to take over that. And so essentially I folded up Troy transit and now the school offers it's, you know, it's part of tuition. They offer, you know, rides all around the city campus, anything like that. And of course now there's Uber and, and stuff like that, but yeah, it was mostly just a, a timing and opportunity thing, which is what a lot of the companies I start are. They're, they're not all passion projects. You know, a lot of them are just, Hey, this is an opportunity. The timing is right. Let's jump on it. You're a Bama boy. So roll tide. Roll damn tide. Hell yeah. I was pretty disappointed in, uh, in March madness. I had, uh, I had roll tide going, uh, all the way. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a huge disappointment. bro. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, um, I think it was a, that's the definition of an upset right there when you're that, literally expecting them to go and they get beat by some second rate team. Yeah, yeah, that was I mean March Madness, my bracket was busted day one, hour two. Uh but <laughs> but yeah, I was I was hoping for for them uh to take it all. Um among your other experiences, you also created the Kingdom Advancement Project which is a, a nonprofit uh, that focuses on helping folks uh, in need down in Nicaragua. Um, how, how has that project been and how can our listeners get involved or help? Yeah. So that was um, the first nonprofit that we started. We have another one that we've since started. Um, that one was focused on, like you said, Nicaragua. And then it also has a little bit of touch like in Pakistan. Cause I lived in Pakistan for a year. Um, yeah. But it, it started when I lived in Georgia uh, our church used to go down to, to Nicaragua to do mission trips. And it was really focused on, you know, spreading the word, getting resources versus let's just go down and build you know, buildings and, you know, give stuff away. It was really more, more people focused. Uh, so we launched that because after the first time we went down there, we noticed that even the teams that were going were, I mean, it was just all paid out of their own pockets. There wasn't a lot of resources devoted to it. And so I'm all about, hey, let's, you know, let's help each other. And so we started the Kingdom Advancement Project so that it could help, you know, push the gospel in Nicaragua. But then it, when I lived in Pakistan, I, you know, I started making some interesting connections. And so we've also sent resources out to Pakistan. Um, easiest way is just to go to the website. Uh, there's usually like a donate link or if there's specific items, like sometimes they do need like a generator because there's floods or whatever it is. Yeah, we'll put different things on the website. We haven't been wow. able to go down to Nicaragua in a couple of years though, because I'm, I don't know if you follow like you know world politics, but you know there's been some civil unrest on and off down there. Yeah, I try not to dive too far deep down into the global news rabbit hole because globally, there it's just upsetting and depressing in any <laughs> yeah. direction. Um, we have yeah, our own problems. Uh, Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I kind of get nauseous watching U.S. Chicago news. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> um, you said you were in Georgia. Where in Georgia? 
I was down in Valdosta, South Georgia. Oh, okay. I got my my in-laws are North Georgia Ringgold, just south of Chattanooga. So yeah, um, like two exits away from Florida. Okay, so you were that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, getting into the spirits, starting from the start, how did you get your start in the whiskey industry? I mean, like I said, you were Air Force, you were special agent, you were all of this, and you kind of just dove right into the whiskey head first. Uh, how did that? How did that even become? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been one of my life's mantras too: is just just try it, just go for it, figure it out. Um, you know, educate yourself along the way and, and just absorb all the information. So that transition, I mean, you're right. It was very instant. I went from, I was on terminal leave with the military, got a job at Axe and the Oak as an intern, and then quickly got promoted to the director of operations there. So that's where I kind of, you know, cut my teeth in the industry was at Axe and the Oak, which is down in Colorado Springs, a great group of guys. So I learned yeah. about operations and, you know, how do you actually run a distillery? How do you do the paperwork? How do you manage like those different things? Because the liquor world is very different. I will say because of the different jobs I had in the government, you know, the, the people leading and the people, you know, the relationships, that's just comes naturally to me. I love, you know, leading and building teams and being around people, but the liquor world is very different because there's so many layers of government oversight. You know, you got the city, the state, the feds, everybody wants their cut. Everybody wants their, you know, their taxes. And so I, I grinded, I got my teeth cut on that. Um, I was only, I wasn't even there for a year. And then I was like, you know what, I'm ready, let's go. And so I just full steam ahead, jumped into Copper Sky Distillery, um, launched it here up in Longmont, Colorado, which is right outside of Boulder. And we have been full steam ahead since day one. Longmont, Colorado is printed on your, on, etched in the glass, by the way, folks. Um... Yeah. Uh, and speaking of your, your life's mantra and you're living in Pakistan, Pakistan you, you wrote a book while you were living in Pakistan, I believe, called uh, Forgotten Country, The Discussion of Servant Leadership, which was published in 2019, which has an impressive 4.6 rating on Amazon, by the way. So check it out. I, 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 I need to. Um, can you talk about that book? But more importantly, like you said, your life's mantra uh, is servant leadership. And what does that mean? Yeah, so I started writing the book when I was living in Pakistan, because oddly enough, my second master's in theology, I completed it while living in Pakistan. So I was really uh, encouraged to start writing there. I finished it when I moved to Colorado. Um, yeah, I mean, servant leadership's always been huge to me. And that's, you know, that, that applies across multiple spectrums. Obviously the book is centered on, you know, government work. And that's not just like you got to be in the military and it, it alludes to that in the book. It's, I mean, government work really is anything. And the only reason I chose that topic is because I was obviously working for the government, but that could be anything from like the mail driver or, you know, yeah. the TSA agent. It, it's really anything, but all of the principles that are in that book are applicable to any industry. Um, and it's basically, you know, I don't take the, the stance of leading other people unless I'm serving those people. I mean, it's, it, you know, even at Copper Sky, at every company I start, my heart is in serving them, even before products and customers and anything else. Like, I'm building these teams so that I can better their lives and I can help them grow. 
Um, and so to me, like if you have that mindset and that heart of, hey, I'm serving the people who are helping me grow this company, uh, things will fall into place a lot easier than trying to always be combative with, you know, you're like, I'm the boss and you're the, you're the followers like that. That rarely works out. You're going to create, you know, a toxic leadership. You know, people don't want to work, especially in today's generation, post COVID no. where they can go and do whatever they want and work from wherever they want. You know, morale is a huge thing in the workplace. It is. No, absolutely. I, I've had a couple of, I have a good amount of years of management uh, with my profession. And like you said, with post COVID, uh, a lot of mentalities have, have definitely changed and altered. I guess you would even say evolved um, to having a, a different mindset when it comes to the leadership and who's steering that ship, because theoretically everyone is steering that ship. Um, just so happens that one guy has his hands on the on the you know steering wheel. But um, speaking of uh, people that work for you, Isaac Hafner, right? Hey, your yeah. master blender, head distiller, also comes from a very uh, large variety of experiences, from being like a grocery bagger to a piano instructor, and right. then working at a liquor store, and then now he's the master stiller at Copper Sky. How did y'all cross paths and how did that partnership get started? Yeah. And also I'd like to point out, he has a degree in music. So uh, most of the people that work with like, especially in Copper Sky, all of our degrees don't no, I have one employee. She just started who actually has a fermentation science degree. The rest of us wow. are like, like even my GM sports management, uh, you know, yeah. recreation, music, uh, public po or public relations is one of my operations guys. So it's crazy, but he and I crossed paths um, after I left and I was, I'd started Copper Sky. He had got an internship with Axe in the Oak. And so they knew that I was starting Copper Sky. They reached out and said, Hey, do you need any help with, you know, whatever he's just wanting to get his feet wet in the industry and he's coming off this internship. And so initially we hired him for sales because he had worked in a liquor store um yep. and then he had this like a purchaser there right experience yeah so i hired him for sales and uh took him out a few times and i i quickly learned that that wasn't his passion i'm i'd, I'd fair to say i'm pretty good at reading people just because of my current or my previous you know government employment I, i'm pretty good at reading people and i quickly saw that that wasn't what he wanted to do and so i slid him over into operations and he started as basically just like production line, you know, bottling, helping, you know, clean, run hoses, throw the mash, do all that stuff. Um, within about a seven, eight months of him being there, the distiller that I had uh, took a position at a cidery in town. And so I was like, hey, you're, you're getting the call up to the to the majors. You're going to be the, the Bringing distiller now. Yeah. And so I threw him into the fire, gave him all the resources he need. We went to some training together conferences, did the bourbon steward thing. He's really one of those individuals that is so brilliant where he's self-taught. So like dove into books and taught himself and he understands all the sciences. Um, and we really, because we're that hybrid distillery, like we make our own stuff, but it's still aging and we source, we really lean into the art of blending. And so we just went full bore with that and started racking up awards and all kind of crazy success. And so I dubbed him the master blender and 
Cause you know, he's, he's most people are very humble. They're like, no, nah, I'm just, I'm like, dude, you are self-taught. Yep. You have neither one of us come from like this long line of distillers. Like we're making our own name, all these awards on the wall are because of you. And so I call him, he's our master blender for sure. And he's our head distiller. So he has a team of four under him, but yeah, I, I and actually we had this conversation about two weeks ago. I was like, dude, I, I I've thrown you into the fire and you've done very well. <laughs> Speaking of awards, I, I wanted to congratulate you on recently becoming Longmont's Chamber of Commerce Emerging Business of the Year. So bravo. Uh, and you mentioned other awards. Uh, what other awards has has Copper Sky achieved uh, in, I mean, short term? Or you're, you're relatively young still as a distillery. Like three years old. Yeah. Wow. So you're just, yeah. you're, you're walking, you're talking, but, uh, you know. You're still growing. Oh yeah, we have. We're, I, and I remind the guys all the time, like we're laying the foundation for the future of Copper Sky. Yeah, so, I mean, we've been fortunate to win some. To me, just mind blowing awards in our little three years we've been on on the on the map. I mean, it's stuff from multiple double golds last year, our Copper Accord, which is our annual special release, won mm -hmm. Whiskey of the Year, Spirit of the Year. Um, our wheat whiskey last year took home whiskey of the, I think it was best American whiskey in one of the European competitions. Uh, we just, this past week, we just won four more awards, some more golds in like the London international and the dinner international. So, I mean, I, I honestly can't even keep up. I just, it, it's mind blowing when I get the emails or the, the, you know, the medals in the mail, I'm like, man, I just, we're so young and we're doing these great things and it's, it's motivating. Because it's really, it's really easy to let stuff like that go to your head. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, we're just getting a bunch of awards. But it is motivating to see, like, my, my staff's hard work, you know, rewarded. Because it's, it's really them. Like, they're the ones that are down, you know, putting the blends together, running all the equipment. My passion is not running a still. I know how to do it all. I love blending. So, I'll, you know, I get involved with the blending and I taste everything that goes out the door. But my passion is, you know, leading and building teams, building companies. And so I, I surround myself with people who are good at what they do. And I, you know, I trust them to do the right thing. And it's showing that they are. I just had this envision of, of a Mike Root uh, recreating a Michael Phelps uh, photo op with all your medals around your neck. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the Copper Sky, the Copper Accord you mentioned, like you said, annual limited release. And uh, I remember correctly, it represents each year's work. Uh, each year at Copper Sky, the master blender rifles through the rickhouses and designs a uniquely crafted blend of many experiments done at the distillery. Um, mm -hmm. uh, how how has the Copper Accord, uh, the 2022, the new one, how has that uh, compared to the 2021 release? Was there I, major differences yeah, so, or? Oh, oh, yeah, very much yeah. so. And it actually, the first... So the first Copper Accord was 2021, but we tested it under a different label in 2020. And we just called it the Blender's Choice because we wanted to see like, you know, how could, how could we do this? How could we, you know, tweak this and perfect this, make it different every year. And so after that 2020, the Blender's Choice sold out in like two days. And so we were like, okay, oh. we're on to something like, let's make this formal, official, get it a label, give it a name. And so we came up with the copper accord, obviously the copper, it's in our name, the accord, 
you know, if you look at the definition, it's like, you know, the mending of things, that, of elements that come together. And then on our, on the, instead of like, you know, batch and year, it's composition. So it's, you know, it's kind of a nod to Isaac's music degree. So those words are more like music related. Um, not like yeah, the Honda Accord. Very unique. <laughs> no, not like the Honda Accord. This comes together. Oh. It doesn't fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's different every year. Um, Cause mainly it is um, base blends of different projects we've done throughout that calendar year. So 2021 one of the unique projects we did was an apple brandy finished wheat bourbon. And so that was kind of the base blend of that copper cord. And every year the, the batches are named different. So that one was called the dusty orchard because it had a lot of apple notes and like earthy tones. Um, we still think that one, of course we've only done three. That one was the best by far. Um, this year's was amazing. It's won gold medals. Uh, it, it was called the Fox Grove because its base blend was some of a 27-year-old Canadian whiskey that we released when the Queen passed away as a charity bottle. Um, and so, you know, the fox part of it was, you know, the Queen, it, you know, the royalty goes on fox hunts. And then we also had some just wild blends that were in there from different projects that were never released. Some of these projects that are in there were never released. They're only using the copper cord. And so there's a lot of citrus notes in this one. So the Grove, you know, Orange Grove, Fox Grove was the name of, of 2022. So we've already started pulling stuff for, for earmarking stuff for 2023's batch. That's, I mean, it's a year long project. And one of the really cool things we've got earmarked that we may release a couple bottles just to, of the of the base blend, but the base blend is going to be a wheat whiskey that is sitting in an amaretto barrel. Ooh. So we took a, there was a bourbon in it before we gave it to a, a friend who has a liqueur company. He did a barrel aged amaretto, then gave the barrel back to us. And we have a wheat whiskey sitting in the amaretto barrel. And I mean, it's like, it's a, like candy. It is so good. Wow. So that'll probably be one of the base blends for this year's copper accord. Um, wow. Uh, I, I can't wait to try that. And you know, I, I've noticed with the podcast, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of, distillers and i say a lot i mean i've only been doing this for about a year so but the handful of distilleries that i've i've talked to that seems to be like a thing that experimentally taking a, a bourbon barrel giving it like for example whiskey acres which is a, a distillery like 30 minutes from here local illinois um they took the bourbon barrel gave it to a maple syrup company aged a maple syrup in the bourbon barrel and then gave the barrel back and then they had maple whiskey like a maple cask uh, yeah. whiskey type of thing just it, it's so much fun to see the the different uh techniques and the unique uh flavors you can get from doing those type of experiments because you, you just don't know until you try and I, I can't wait to to try to get my hands on one of those um i understand you just launched a new location uh, yep. can you talk about your new spot? So, you know, uh, did you, is it major upgrade? What's it all about? Oh yeah. Yeah. So when we started, I think like most small craft stories, you know, we were in this old industrial district in an old, I think it was an old auto shop warehouse. It was like 2,400 square feet. 
we had a bunch of shipping containers outside that we were storing barrels and stuff in because there wasn't room inside. Uh, so we were there for the first couple years. And then just through, I mean, organic growth, we had the opportunity to move into a new location in downtown Longmont, like the heart of this new district they're building. And it's just, under, it's like 7,000 square feet. So we almost tripled the size. I mean, oh, yeah. everything has its place now. Because at the old spot, everything was kind of on top of each other. And, you know, there was... There wasn't, we just had like little partition walls that was like, hey, don't cross that. You know, that's where <laughs> things are. But now like we have two tasting rooms. We have one up front that it has private rooms in it. It's, uh, we host all kinds of events. Um, we have a speakeasy in the back that has a private entrance. It's more lounge furniture. So it's all like leather furniture, jazz music, much, much different vibe, but it's a full service bar as well. We have an on-site warehouse, we have an off-site warehouse. And then we have the big factory space in the middle. Um, so the guys actually have room to you know, put things where they go and it's, everything's not falling on top of each other. Oh, that's awesome. So congratulations to that. Uh, Thank you know, you. and it sounds like you have a little bit of, a little bit of room to grow before you need a, a bigger yeah, we're already, spot. We're already starting to bust. That's why we have that offsite warehouse, <laughs> but we're already like, we need more fermenters. We need more, we need more. Yeah. So it's like, okay. You, uh, you talk, uh, something I heard, you, you had a side project that you mentioned a few years back, uh, it involved a, a blend of 18 year Alberta rye in the Weller foolproof single barrel. Did that ever come to yeah. be? It did. So that went to a private group here in Colorado. Um, and that was amazing. I'm a huge Weller fan, which is kind of the inspiration of our weeded line. Cause you know, being from the South, I, I tend to like the sweeter bourbons or the sweeter whiskeys. So Buffalo Traces, you know, Blanton's, all that stuff. And so I, I really wanted to offer a weeded bourbon and a weeded whiskey out here because they're pretty hard to get. And so we wanted to have a product that was very similar in profile that was readily available. Um, so this group, they had, they did a Weller foolproof pick for charity. And then they gave me the barrel and I put that 26 year old, or 18 year old Canadian Alberta rye into the barrel and it sat for a year. Uh, and then we harvested it. Uh, I think we might've proofed it down like half a point just to kind of soften the edges off. So it's, it's really cast strength. It's hot. And it was amazing. Um, that, yeah, that all oh. went to that group. I had to beg to keep some back just for me. Cause I was like, man, this is, this is so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, fun projects. Like usually if we, like those really wild one-offs, I, I try to give to like groups or, you know, small, you know, small stores or stuff like that. It's not like a huge uh, market release. Even, I mean, there's some stuff we do, like we've got some coffee finishes and some of like the amaretto, like I was saying, that probably won't hit market. It's just research that we're doing and maybe we'll do it, you know, next year or the year after, but we really spend a lot of time in blending projects or barrel finish researching because um, on all of our barrel finishes, as you can tell, even with that cigar blend, like I'm, I'm really specific on whiskey forward. Like I'm not, I don't like barrel finishes that all you taste is the wine or whatever it's being finished in. To me, like I still want that whiskey to be the first thing that you taste. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. It's you get the whiskey up front, and it, like I said, it, it's it's very whiskey forward. But then you get that, that finish, you know, it's like that, right. that little bit of little, little 
you know, icing on top, if you were little sprinkles. Um, and it's fun. Uh, let's talk about the Copper Sky Falling Heroes whiskey for a minute. Uh, this is a special batch that was created to honor the heroes who risk their lives every day. Police officers, firefighters, first responders who just, they never make it home. Um, all of the proceeds, is that right? All of the proceeds go uh, from this special release are donated to the Colorado Fallen Hero Foundation to support families of local heroes. I mean, as a volunteer firefighter and, and friends and, and that are first responders, I can't express how much I, I appreciate this release and your donations. Can you talk a little bit about the support and assistance that, that this release has been able to provide for that foundation? Yeah, so we release that once a year. This year will be batch three. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a handful of organizations that we're associated with. Like we just launched a new community page on our website that shows you who we partner with. And it actually allows you to click on it and go and donate just in case like you can't ever make it out to the distillery for the fundraising events. But the Colorado Fallen Hero Foundation specifically, um, obviously it, it's close to home for both of us, you know, first responders. Uh, what they do is when a, a hero, you know, makes his last call in, what, while the city and everyone else is doing the response and they're, you know, trying to continue to keep people safe, Colorado Fallen Heroes Foundation immediately steps in and starts taking care of the family, taking care of all the funeral arrangements, paying for the headstone, like they pay, paying for everything. Because as you know, and most people might not know this because it's like, oh, you know, if a, a first responder falls on line of duty, they're taking care of. This, yeah, there's there's some benevolence funds from the state. It's usually not that much, and it usually doesn't right. come for a long time. It's not yeah. like, oh, you know, someone's passed away and you get a check tomorrow to help things out. It, it, that's not how it is. And we know funerals no. and memorials happen pretty quick. And so Colorado Fallen, Fallen Hero Foundation comes in and takes care of the memorials. They take, they really lean in and take care of the families. And everyone that's on the Colorado Fallen Heroes Foundation, like their board and all that, they either were or are first responders. So it's that community taking care of the community. Um, and it's it's one of those things because they do the things that we don't, we're not thinking about in that moment, right? We're thinking about, hey, I got to put my uniform back on and go out there. I got to, I got to continue to do my job. And so they come in and take care of the family and take care of all the arrangements or the things that we don't want to think about because, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. So they do the hard work in the hard time. It's probably the best way to put it. I, I yeah. Um, like you said, th there might be some assistance, uh, but it's uh, arrangements need to happen. They need to happen fast and they're not cheap. Mm -hmm. Things like that, you people uh, just, you know, every little bit helps, especially for the people who put their lives on the line. So thank you yeah. for that. Um, yeah. Let's get to a, a lighter note here. Uh, let's let's flip it. I have a fun fact I want to confirm with you. Mike, is it true Clyde Barrow from yeah. Bonnie and Clyde is in your family tree? And if so, That's... how? <laughs> yeah, my so my grandmother side they're the barrows um so there was a it's kind of light kind of funny but we had a barrow family member pass away about a year and a half ago so all the like all the barrows were in town in georgia 
And uh, somebody, one of the ants made a comment. They were like, if the feds knew we were all here at this time, they'd probably want to talk to a few of us. (laughs) Enjoy the funeral. (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of an interesting fun fact, which is, I don't know if you've seen, but we did a Bonnie and Clyde release. Which was kind of like the, yeah, we did. It was a collaboration with a distillery down in Colorado Springs, uh, Art of the Spirits Distillery. We took some of their whiskey, some of our whiskey, blended it, and then put it in a, uh, I think it was a Sauvignon Blanc barrel, let it sit for a while. And then he released some bottles, I released some bottles, but they all had the Bonnie and Clyde, you know, logo and label. And we did some cool stickers. We did a full photo shoot for it. But yeah, that's kind of where that came from. Cause like the, I was joking, say if I was born in a different time, I probably wouldn't have been on that, the other side of the badge. I'd have, I might've been on the other side of the history books. Did you, uh, did you incorporate some of that family history in your speakeasy? No, um, some people, I had a lot of friends ask if I was going to do that, but I, I really wanted Copper Sky to kind of be its own thing and its own, its own brand, its own family. I didn't want people to feel like, like even like, you know, if, you know, they're part of the Copper Sky team, like, oh, this is just, you know, something for Mike's family. It's not really, I wanted everyone who is on the staff at Copper Sky to feel like Copper Sky is a part of them. It's theirs. Um, so I didn't really incorporate any family, anything into it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, back to the experiments that Copper Sky is creating. Is there anything on the drawing board or maybe in flight that, that our listeners can be excited for? Are you working on any new collabs, things of that nature? I would say the newest thing that we just released yesterday at the distillery and it hits the market Monday. Um, we are, we're, we're starting, well, we just started a sister brand of Copper Sky. So it's still under Copper Sky, but it's a different bottle, different label, and it's called Switch Rail. Uh, Switch Rail is a nod to the old train tracks that are behind our distillery that are still very active. And you can hear the trains blowing their horns every day. Um, but like Teddy Roosevelt, Winston Churchill came through on those tracks. And so it's, the name is really a nod to that Switch, Road, Switch Rail railroad track that's behind us. And so the first thing that we released yesterday under that line was a single malt whiskey. Um, three, so just under three years old, 100% single malted barley. Uh, and that switch rail line is going to be a little more what I call like that, you know, that cost effective line. So it's like 35 bucks a bottle versus, you know, the 55 to $65 our, norm, our normal stuff is. We're also going to release a bottle and bond and an old English dry gin under switch rail. So those will be coming in the next few months um, we're trying to get that up on our website so it can be you know bought in 34 states um but that just hit the shelves yesterday so that'll be a fun and it is delicious i was extremely surprised because normally i like high proof stuff we proofed that down to 90 and man it 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 knocked my socks off i took a couple bottles home yesterday because i was like i gotta keep this at the house for some sipping whiskey <laughs> uh i know that what I've heard, and I haven't been there yet. I think next year will be my first trip, but Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival happens in, in the Denver area. And I know that oh, Axe yeah. in the Oak uh, makes a presence there. Uh, are, is, is Copper Sky going to try to kind of go over there and, and shake some hands and, and be at that, those events? Yeah, so we were there last year. Last year was our first year, and we've already signed up for this year's. Uh, I mean, it is. You should definitely come. That is a blast it's one of my favorite festivals that we get to participate in um our sales team does events all over the state all basically all year long but that 
is one that I actually make sure to go to because it is so fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, we usually if you're have... there, you're gonna you're gonna see some Shy Town crew members down there. Uh, they bought their tickets. <laughs> they, they, that's all they can talk about. So uh, you know, be sure to, to to say hi to them when you see that logo on some on their their shirts and whatnot. But yeah, I I have a, a year and a half old daughter, and and it's kind of hard to validate. Uh, hey, babe, I'm going to a cigar festival in Denver for a couple of days. So. But she also smokes cigars, so I'm thinking maybe next year would be the right time to get a babysitter for the weekend and, and head down, yeah. head out to Denver. <laughs> um, yeah, I would definitely encourage you to come. It's a blast. I mean, you meet some really cool people, make great friends, get to drink great whiskey. Usually, typically our cigar blend releases before that festival, but we always hold a couple cases back just for that festival. Oh, I bet this is probably a, a huge hit uh, with that crowd. Um, oh, yeah. So being from the South, we talked about Roll Tide. We talked about you being in Georgia. How the hell did you become a diehard Broncos fan? Oh, man, I get that all the time, which is great because I'm in Colorado now. When I was a kid growing up in Alabama, <laughs> I really fell in love with Terrell Davis, which he went to the University of Georgia. Um, but I fell in love with Terrell Davis. He got drafted by the Broncos, and then I just followed him. And they won two Super Bowls, and so that just solidified my fandom. And I'm such a diehard fan because I'm a self-made fan, right? Like, I didn't grow up in Colorado. I, my, none of my family are Broncos fans. Like, as a kid, I became a Broncos fan and just fe I fell in love with them. And then it really capped it off with, and I still to this day don't know how my mom did it. I, I'm convinced she probably told Terrell Davis I was like dying of cancer. But on my 13th <laughs> birthday, he sent me a signed football, a signed hat, and a signed letter, which was the year they won their second Super Bowl. So it's all like Super Bowl commemorative stuff signed. And I got that wow. and hang on. And I'm like, yeah. Huh. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, I, I saw a tattoo on your arm. Uh, left forearm, I believe, caught my attention. <laughs> I got a bunch. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, me too. Uh, it's the uh, the John fifteen thirteen. Is that is that? Did I read it right when I saw the picture? Oh, right here. Well, it's yeah, forearm. It's hard to see. Uh, can you? That, that I, is weird. <laughs> yeah. So it's John fifteen thirteen. Can you translate that to uh, to, to the, the people listening? Uh, I, I I know what it means, but can you tr translate that so people know the meaning behind that? Yeah, it, I'll I'll paraphrase it so it's not the old English, but it's you know, greater love have no man that someone would lay down their life for their brother. Um, and me and one of my brothers got that together. We were both in the military, um, both out now, and so it was meaningful to both of us because we deployed many times and lost friends and so it was it had you know crossed not only bloodline but you know it had a lot of deep meaning for us so yeah yeah a lot of my most of my tattoos are i'm a very like a deep thinker deep person so some of the shapes are kind of just fill-ins but a lot of the words and the old english and greek and gaelic and they're all they're all very meaningful not just like we all have this because my mom has multiple sclerosis, breast cancer, and so all three of us brothers got that tattoo for her. Yeah, she's still fighting and battling on that. So we we've done a breast cancer bottle for her and raised a bunch of money to help pay for her bills. Yeah, no, I was I was uh, young and dumb and 
got a bunch of tattoos when I was younger. Uh, there's some. I didn't some, start doing some, mine until later because I, I I did you know overseas a lot deployment counterintelligence different things. I didn't have I had one tattoo from when I was in college that was just small and hidden under a shirt, but like since post military is now and I've I think I've got like thirty five <laughs> or so. Um, you had a a podcast at one point, the Atypical Intellects. Yeah, I believe it went like six episodes. Uh, any chance of revisiting that project? Yeah, we actually are. We got it. We pulled all the equipment out of storage the other day. Now that we're, I guess, quote unquote, slowing down. I've got two other companies I'm trying to launch right now, but we're trying to get that restarted because that that was definitely a passion project because it the people we had on and just the like like you know like the ability to express yourself was a blast. Um, I. I started getting extremely busy with different construction projects and I'm the type of person, if I can't dedicate my, my full self to it, I'm not going to half-ass it. So we decided yep. to, you know, just put a pause on it. And then we're looking at relaunching it here probably in the summer. Um, just kind of looking for a space to do permanent because on previously we would just kind of bounce around the different locations. So we're trying to find a place to permanently set it up and get back to doing it, you know, once a week. Cause I really love, I really love that. I enjoyed it. It's it's just fun. It is. Uh, and I try to explain that. I mean, hey, man, get a shed. The shed is where the, the, the podcast shed is where it's at. Um, yeah. Not even kidding you. This is a Maybe tiny a ass yeah. shed in my backyard. Uh, but it is. It, it's a it's a fun experience and uh, to, to meet people, talk about the different things that, that people are doing. Um, you know, I, I try to stay within the cigar, beer, whiskey industry. Um, you know, but even just to have a little bit of fun, like my last episode, I did the joke and smoke episode where it was just me and my buddy sitting in the shed joking off and it was a blast. Uh, I mean, I still to this day, like I've, I was talking about it today, this morning. I'm like, I, I had so much fun just, you know, going back and forth, but yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a fun passion project hobby. If you would, you just mentioned yeah. you have like two or three other company uh, businesses that you want to take off. So what you're going to be at. So you're going to be at like 34 by the end of the year. Like, <laughs> no, this will be, that'll not, this will be nine. Yeah. So we got a right behind the distillery. We're doing an ax throwing bar. And then right next to the distillery, uh, I partnered with some buddies. They founded the company It's called the local drive. It's a high end golf lounge cocktail bar. And then they've let me jump on since then as a partner. And so now we're building second location, third, fourth, and fifth location here in the next few months. But, yeah, I'm always doing something. I, I have to have an active mind, or I lose my mind. That's true. It's uh, like uh, like idle hands and idle minds. Uh, gotta keep them busy. Um, where where can I, I besides CopperSkyDistillery.com? Besides there, where else can people find your 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 product? I, I, are are you nationwide at this point? We're. Technically, yeah, because we're in other states, but we're not in every state. So physically in stores, we're Colorado, California, Texas, Florida, New York, and D.C. Uh, we're working to expand to Georgia and Alabama this year. But if you go to our website and then, you know, buy, there's a buy now button. In 34 states, you can have it shipped straight to your door. Um, and we're also about to try to expand that as well, try to get, you know, as much as we can. Um, but usually like in the big states, so like in, uh, Florida, Texas, 
California and Colorado, the easiest, you know, we're, we're, we're in a lot of mom and pop stores, but if you're just one of those, Hey, I'm in and out, we're in all the total lines. Um, we're, I've got meetings next week in Texas with like the specs and all the other big stores. We try to make it as convenient as possible for people to get our product. While I still love supporting small mom and pop stores, um, but I also you know want to make sure that it's available to people wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. Like here in in the Illinois, northern Illinois, uh, we have the Benny's, which is like forty six, yeah, yeah. forty seven locations. Um, so you know, I'm hoping to see Copper Sky in, in Illinois pretty soon. Hopefully, uh, that right, would be I'll, great. I'll have my team reach out to them and see if we can yeah. start that conversation. Just make that happen, will you, please? Thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are, are, you're on social media, I'm assuming. Uh, are you your Instagram, Twitter? Are you on the TikTok? Are you out there dancing? No TikTok. With the no. No TikTok. No Twitter even. Um, wow. I do have an Instagram. I I have someone help me manage it. Even my personal one, just because I don't have a lot of time. But he run. I've got an amazing person that runs all of our multiple companies, social medias. I try to get on. Facebook, I'm still old school. So like, I like communicating with people on Facebook. So when people, you know, send me a message or comment on stuff, I, I engage, I like having some fun. I'm not on Instagram as much. Usually I just post pictures every now and then on Instagram, but that's that my guy keeps telling me like, that's where all the people are. And that's where I'm like, Oh, not, I don't care. <laughs> that's not, where the, uh, so much the, stuff going on here. That's where the Michael Phelps re re, re uh, reenactment <laughs> photo is going to be with all your medals. Uh, <laughs> Uh, is there any events coming up that people can find you guys at, uh, or, or maybe you're hosting at your distillery that you want to kind of throw out there to get people aware? Uh, we're most of the events here in Colorado, like all the whiskey festivals, we're at all of those, definitely the Rocky mountain cigar fest at the distillery. We have, uh, over Memorial day weekend, we always do a big blending competition. So a bunch of groups fly in, um, it's a big two day event. Uh, usually capped off with just like a, a big Memorial Day party at the distillery. I'm trying to think if we have any other. I, I always just encourage people to follow our social media, you know, Facebook and Instagram, Copper Sky Longmont, because we post everything, there, like all of our fundraising events. Usually once or twice a month, we have some sort of fundraising event at the distillery. Um, do a lot of veteran stuff at the distillery, veteran meetups, different different things like that. Um, yeah, that's usually the best place. I, it's hard for me to keep up with all the events unless it's something that I'm physically going to be at, which I will be yeah, at Rocky Mountain uh, Cigar Fest. Well, like I said, uh, wearing they're, my, they're... wearing this shirt. I don't know if you can tell what it is, but it's a collab polo we did. It's a it's a deconstructed old fashioned, so it's got like the oranges and the different ingredients, and then it's got you can see right there a little cigar. Okay, it's got a cigar in there. It's got a, there's a copper sky bottle of whiskey. So I'll be wearing my my old fashioned polo. Well, we had a couple left. I'll have to text me your size. I think I got a couple left of the distillery. I'll get you one. Hell yeah, uh, that awesome. Um, and for those listening, uh, especially in the the cigar world, the Shy Town crew and everybody on Cigar Dojo and all of the, the the platforms, please go say hi to Mike when you see him at Rocky Mountain Fest. Uh, he'll be wearing that shirt. Um, and if you're just listening on Spotify. It's bright orange. You can't miss it. Uh, <laughs> um, I feel like, uh, I mean, 
this this episode was great and this the cigar and this whiskey uh wow uh phenomenal yeah. stuff uh, I, I i can't i can't even uh dive into the words that describes how phenomenal and i love the logo too um all of your your bottles i've seen are very uniform too and i i appreciate that uh, with a lot of the, the distilleries that i see where sometimes they'll do some funky with you know but all of yours have that same uniform to it uh so that that is yep. just a stunning bottle uh definitely uh eye-catching would be the, the word yeah. if uh if i saw that at a at a, a store i'm definitely gonna go oh what, what is this you know um so that that's super awesome you said you source some of your your whiskeys that mgp mm-hmm. yep mostly yeah. mgp uh like we talked about earlier some of it's like some canadian whiskeys alberta rise for Usually that stuff is either private projects or uh, charity bottles, but yeah, most of our product is MGP. Okay, and and, and great stuff comes from there too. I mean, it's, it's, there's there's it's been impressive. Um, I believe this this time is running out. My cigar is coming down to a nub. I took my band off. I'm going to finish this pour. Uh, Mike, thanks for taking the time. I, I like I said, I know you're busy with all 64 companies that you're running right now, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're busy. And a five-month-old uh, if you can't hear in the background. I, I hear. Yeah, no, I know. I, I thought it was mine for a minute. Um, <laughs> folks, don't don't forget to check out Copper Sky's website at copperskydistillery.com. Um, if you see Mike out there, uh, make sure you use y'all in a sentence. Apparently, that gets you a free drink. Uh, and Friends of the Leaf, don't forget to visit our official sponsor, Black Starline Cigars, at blackstarline.shop use promo code cigarsocial15 for 15% off your entire order and free shipping over uh, 100 bucks uh, next episode live in the smoke shed studio i'll have uh, frank uh, who owns a brewery here in batavia illinois the sturdy sturdy shelter brewing just opened up great spot it's about 3 blocks uh, east of here and can't wait for that episode. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time here at the Cigar Social Podcast.